Oh, rest of the plans. <laughs> yeah. Um, hold on. <laughs> what? <laughs> Sorry, dude. She came back in here. Oh, rest of the plans. <laughs> I did it again. I'm getting tough. I'm sorry, dude. Russian fans. Fan. Fans. Sorry. I'm sorry. Okay. Hello, wrestling fans. Quick charisma. Hey, that's me. Tonight with Jeremiah Plunkett. Yo again, everybody. Jeremiah Plunkett and Quentin Charisma. And once again, we are smack dab on ringside and ready to go with another big week of the Territorial Wrestling Review Podcast. Quentin, how you doing, my friend? I'm happier than a dog with two Peters. That's, uh, that's pretty happy. Yes, it is. Got me some old wrestling posters today. Yeah, we were talking about that before we went on. Um, not the uh, traditional posters that everybody tries to get either. Not in, you know NWA, not CWA, you know, not UWF, nothing like that. Outlaw, baby, outlaw. So, or okay. nowadays Indies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Explain who who the posters or what promotions or that you know of that the posters are from, and like what eras and whatnot. I really don't want to say because it's part of my project I'm working on. No, oh, okay. Everything will be kept hush. Will be kept hush. Yeah, kayfabe, <laughs> kayfabe, Andy. All right. Well, then, we'll, then we'll leave it at since you brought it Let's up. Put it at, well, it's it's um, 80s, early 80s. Um, it's the project I'm. I had my UW UWA Fest project I was working on. Just the, I, I had to kind of scrap it because I just couldn't find enough material out there on it to. To really do it justice. <clears throat> so now I'm going to take all the UWA stuff I got and the stuff I had planned on doing, the little bit of stuff I had left to do, I'm just going to add it to this project and it's going to it's expanding. So it's going to be a 70s, 80s project. So Right on. Uh, I, I know a little bit more than, than what you're letting on, but it's going to be really interesting. I, I can't wait to see it come together. Oh, it's I'm excited. I, I, I was getting excited because... WKU baseball season's winding down. Um, so I'm like, okay, I'm facing to hit this hard and heavy because the uh, Tennessee State Archives has opened, has opened up their new building. So next month, well, in June, I'm going to be hitting it hard. Uh, I'm really going to set my mind to really putting a lot of effort into this. Uh, and today, just the stuff I got today, uh, stuff I've never seen before in my life. Didn't even know the promote, there was a promotion. One of the promotions, I never even heard of it. And I thought I heard of all the promotions of the area that it was in. So, uh, and that for that, that time period. So that just really got my juices flowing to get going, you know, hit this hard. And, and uh, I don't want to say a lot about it. I mean, and I don't, I don't think it's really a big deal, I guess. I don't know. Um, I mean, I'm sure nobody else is going to be going to take my idea because Lord knows there's no money in it. So, <laughs> so I guess I can smarten people up. Anyway, I'm doing my project is um, it's Tennessee. Outlaw wrestling from night from the nineteen seventies and eighties, and so it's going to be everything. Which a lot of people don't cop. They say, "Well, Fez wasn't outlaw." If you come into another promote another territory, especially since they that the person there their their company had been there forty something years, yeah, you're you're running outlaw again. So I'm considering that Fez an outlaw promotion. So it's going to be tied in there. So it's going to be a bigger project than the like I said the UWA. It's going to be really big. Um, the whole thing is, like I said, I ain't gonna make no money. I'm gonna lose money on this, but I don't care. I just, my whole thing is to get um, the stuff out there for the people that want to see it and you know don't know about it. You know, keep it keep wrestling alive. So, uh, yeah, man. That's, yeah, man. I, I think that's really cool though, because like 
the the territories, like some territories more than others, but they've been the stories of them have been done to death, right? Yeah, it, exactly. it's yeah. to the point where the average wrestling fan in normal conversation through picking up through shoot interviews or you know compilation DVDs that WWF put out, like you know stories that happen in that territory and the goings yeah. on and. You know, every everyone knows what eventually happened to the AWA and why it went down. Everyone, yeah, knows, yeah. you know, what was the downward slide of Florida because they've been done so much. But if you can get stories and histories on outlaw promotions at the time, promotions that ran opposition that didn't have, you know, everything was segregated into a territory anyway. But even smaller, you've got the outlaw promotions story. You yeah. know what I mean? So not everybody will know that. So and I'm sure there's some yeah. interesting, crazy stories of people working out. Oh, yeah. This. Yeah. It's going to be I think it's going to be really good. And um, and it, and now the 70 stuff, like I, said, I think, see, I, what I've been noticing within the uh, the commission notes that I got uh, from Tennessee State Athletic Commission, their notes. Memphis, pretty much, um, from what I've I've already started doing research on it, Memphis didn't have a lot of outlaws around it in the 70s. Guy Coffee worked for the commission. Um, even Thez, when he started up, he was going to go into Memphis. They exonated that. He didn't go into Memphis. He went into Nashville, Chattanooga, you know, but they cut him off. Furthest he got, Thez got was to Jackson. And then they basically was like, uh, you're not coming any further. You know, coffee work for commission work for you know Jarrett and all that. So and uh, uh, so there, that end there wasn't a lot of outlaws in Nashville. Fed is really the only outlaw promotion that was what I've seen so far in the seventies. Now I've been finding some stuff up in East Tennessee um, where I got the notes where they sent out commissioners. The commission sent out uh, were they agents? I don't know what their actual title was. And I don't know, it says go to Greenville, Tennessee, um, uh, promotion, uh, supposed to have a show and it has the date. They are, they are not licensed, you know. So, it, so I know what's happening in East Tennessee. Uh, like I said, but like I said, Goulas and Jarrett on their ends. But then when the commission disbanded in, in the middle of 80, that's when I've noticed it seemed like it was just rampant everywhere. That's when Dr. Master Curtis started up. Uh, George and Nick Gillis started back up, you know, so it uh, it started hitting hard in middle Tennessee, big time. And that's uh, what uh, majority stuff I, I got today was from the middle Tennessee area from the 80s. But the 70s, like I said, most of the stuff I'm going to be doing is probably going to be from East Tennessee because uh, like, from what their notes of they're sending agents up there to check out these shows, uh, you know, it was um, – Seemed like it was a lot going on in East Tennessee with outlaws in the seventies. So it's going to be interesting to to get the rest of the commission notes and go through them, and then then I branch off and I and I'll start probably with East Tennessee because it's got the most of the outlaws from seventies, and I will work my way. So it's going to be a. I'm hoping it, if if everything goes right, I'm hoping it's going to be take at least two years to get all this information. So the more information I get, the longer so I'm thinking maybe two years. That means I'm going to be getting a lot of stuff and be really busy working on it. But I love that stuff, you know. Um, you know, I, I, I like the Jarrett stuff, you know, and the Gulas. I'm big Gulas Mark, still Gulas Mark. But that outlaw stuff just and and when Gulas basically became outlaw in the '80s, you know, it, it just I don't know. It, it intrigues me more than you know that and promotional wars. Uh, that intrigues me too. I think I'm. So I, I really want to 
add into the um, is like uh, you know Jarrett and Goulas, uh What Gillis last what three weeks in Memphis and he pulled out. The year later, Jerry tried to go into Chattanooga and run and run Nick out. So he was running opposition and it failed. So then Nick turns around and goes to Louisville and tries to run opposition of Jarrett and Louisville in 78 too. It was just really it, that stuff like that. I intrigues me. The outlaw stuff intrigues me and stuff, but uh, I'm trying to stay away from the Goulas NWA stuff. Cause that's Scott Teal's territory. Right. Um, right. With his next book, his next Nashville book, when he ever releases it, um, yeah, it's going to go from what he where did he leave off the last one sixty something. So he's going to go all the way up to when Nick went out of business in eighty. So I'm kind of trying to stay away from, but uh, I think I might add a little bit of that Chattanooga in there just because it was even though Jarrett went outlaw, he was coming in opposition, and I got all the records how what what uh, Nick was drawing, what Jerry was drawing in Chattanooga. Nick was kicking Jerry Jarrett's butt in Chattanooga. I got the numbers, the, the gates, and the houses. He was kicking Jarrett's butt, and uh, and Jarrett was putting top time, bringing his full crew, Lawler, Dundee, you know, everybody in there. They couldn't do. They were drawing. Oh gosh, um, first house was their best house, and then it it got it was dropping every every show, and Nick was like triple, tripling, and whatever's after triple. Yeah, he was. It was Nick's houses weren't going nowhere. Jarrett's house is just getting fine. Jarrett cut the cord, and uh, but it, so that stuff intrigues me too. So I might throw a little bit of that in there, you know. But uh, so, but it's um, like I said I threw. I paid a lot more money today than I, sh- I normally would. But when I saw those, we we're talking about that promotion, I've never seen, heard of. And I asked a couple of my buddies, and they said they never heard of it either. And they know sometimes they know a lot more than I do. Um the local independent outlaw wrestling and they said they never heard of it so i almost scarfed those up and so i had to pay a little more but i think it was worth it because nobody else has got these <laughs> right so right. and they were actually real i was afraid there was going to just be like um uh just on regular paper just like like i call them, we call them flyers we just call them flyers not everybody calls them poster and 11 by 17s even it's they it could be paper and they still call them they call them, they call them flyers it's not Unless it's on that thick cardboard or the, you know what I'm saying? It's not a poster, you know? So, and I, I was afraid that when I went and picked all these up, they weren't going to be, that they were thick posters. They were, you know, made by a printing company. And actually, one of them is a master because you can see where they wrote in ink, I mean, a, a pencil, very light, the uh, the font and the size of the font on, on, on one of them. So it's, it's pretty neat. So. Oh, wow. That's but, cool. Yeah. So I'm, that's what I'm be working on the next two years. If the good Lord lets me live, um, that's what we'll be working on. I'm so excited to, to do it. And I don't know how I'm going to, if it's going to be a book, which I don't know if it's going to be a book or if I'm just going to make a big website for it or, you know what I'm saying? I'm going to do something. It's going to be out there some way. Um, but yeah, I'm really excited about it. So <laughs> that, that's amazing. I can't wait to see it progress. Um, you brought up book. I guess we could uh, show Scott a little love right here of, of at the beginning. Uh, oh, yeah. as, as we're recording this April 22nd, uh, Scott Teal dropped not one, not two, but three brand new books over at crowbarpress.com tonight. Yep. Is, um, I, I pulled out a little time for company. <laughs> do, you so, do you remember what it was? I can't I, I look up my internet off. <laughs> it's, uh, so he, he dropped three new additions to his classic arena program series. 
Um, they're all three St. Louis wrestling programs. The first book is from 1943 through 1945. The second is 1946 through 1948. And the third is 1949 through 1951. That's crazy. Uh, have programs that old. And here, you know, it's Scott. It, this is how I know it's. Uh, I want to. I want to see it. Just look at it, just the. I'm interested. I mean, I, I'm. I don't. I'm not big on old stuff unless it's you know outlaw. <laughs> but to have programs back then, and he's because it's going to be done really well. Because uh, when I bought. Uh, back at the end of the year about the Slamogram books he put out. And uh, I asked him when's he going to do the – because he stopped at 70 – was it 77? I think – whatever it was. I said, well, when are you going to do, you know, up – you know, the rest up to 80? And he said that he didn't want to do it because he cannot find – was either two or three programs out of like a three-year period. And I was like, just because you're going to miss two to three out of that whole thing, you're not going to do the book. And he's like, so that's the way I am. So – this is going to be some good stuff because he don't do stuff half butt, you know? Yeah. So he, he definitely got uh, that he, completionist mindset. Yes. Yeah, so uh, if you're into St. Louis, man, that's, uh, and I just, I, I can't believe he, they, he got it. was talking earlier about, I thought Cornette was the only person who had all the St. Louis old stuff, but um, obviously not. <laughs> yeah. So it's going to be interesting to, I mean, like I said, I don't, I'm not going to buy it because it's something I don't, but I wouldn't mind seeing if, you know, just see a couple, see what the actual program would look like from then, you know. Yeah. Because I, I don't think I've ever seen them. I've seen programs from the 60s. I don't think I've seen any from the 50s. And I definitely haven't seen any none from the 40s. So it'll really be interesting to see how they, you know, um, how it was set up, you know, the layout of it and everything. I think it'd be pretty interesting. So, uh, yeah. Uh, so he's going to, oh, and if you listen to this before Saturday, and you're in the Rome, Georgia area, go to, um, I forgot what it's called, some kind of fest they're having down there in Rome. He's going to have like seven tables, and he's he's bringing his whole house, he told me. So <laughs> if you're around the Georgia area and in Rome, Georgia, and you're going, it's sold out. So if you already have your tickets, go and see Scott down there. He's, he said he's bringing everything he's got. <laughs> yeah, and the, the event Quentin's talking about is the Superstars Fan Fest, April 24th. Uh, at the KLT Arena in Rome, Georgia. But yeah, if you, if you are going to be there, it's hosted by Scott Hudson. Uh, they have, you know, the looks like the Horsemen will be there. Uh, Lex Luger, Butterbean, Sergeant Slaughter, Ricky Steamboat, Mass Superstar, Missy Hyatt, wow. Lord Humongous, Miranda Gordy, Tony Atlas, Bambi. Oh my God! Who else? I, I swear to God, I think this is Randy Hogan. The job guy, Randy Hogan? Yes. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Yeah, so real That's quick. Awesome. I'm go- yeah, we're gonna, I'm going to be sharing screens because right here. I do believe you're correct, sir. Ah. <laughs> that is him. Oh, that's, that's awesome. That's amazing. Hey. <laughs> yes. Kudos to Randy Hogan. Make that money, man. Hey, um, exactly, brother. And, uh, yeah. and you know, if you're going to be there, guys, since it is sold out, there's no pushing it to buy a ticket. But if you're going to be there. Uh, please visit our buddy Scott Teal. May he may have the new book with him. I'm sure he will. Yeah. So that's uh, yeah. Uh, he told me about this, and uh, and he told me the the horseman. Some of the people and I forgot what who all he said. Now I'm looking at the poster. Yes, yeah, it's, it's uh. So Luger, Luger's in a wheelchair, ain't he? Yeah, Luger's not getting around too good. Oh, and and, and, let, butter- and, and let's say real quick. Uh, pictured on here is horseman minus flair. Just wanted to. Oh. 
Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it's Barry, Arn, Tully, and JJ. Yep. Hmm. I don't know who Humongous it is. I was wondering that myself. Was it Jeff Van Camp or what's the other guy's name? It's Sid. He's getting a higher payoff to put on the mask. Sid? <laughs> it, it probably it, is. It's like Sting. <laughs> Sting's like, you know, I don't know, seven fifty as Steve Borden. But if you want the paint, Daddy, that's five grand, you know. There you go. <laughs> Yeah, Butterbean, he's not getting around too good either, is he? No, he's in a wheelchair as well. Yeah. Who's up in the right corner? That is, is that uh, no, that's, that's Dylan. Um, he works for AEW. Oh, I forgot what his, his work name was. He works for AEW, works for uh, uh, DDP, you know, backstage. Um, he wrestles okay. uh, too. But I forgot it. Um, Sunny Days, that was his name. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. He was on. He was on that first uh, AEW pay per view, right? Battle yes, Royal gimmick. In the Battle Royal, okay. yeah. Yep. Gotcha. Gotcha. All right. Yep. Yeah. Sounds like it's going to be a pretty good deal down there uh, in Rome, George. I don't know where Rome, George is at. Is that kind of middle? Yeah. A little above Atlanta, maybe, or is it below yeah, Atlanta? A little, a little above Atlanta. That's yeah, cool. A little above Atlanta. Hey, and if anybody wants to send me anything for, I don't know, a wedding gift or anything, I'll take a Randy Hogan autograph. Shoot, yeah. <laughs> I thought, dude, I want you know. My thing is, those the guy, you know, the job guys from the seventies and eighties, even up to the nineties, they're awesome. You know, they deserve they deserve to be there just like the stars because they made the stars. You know, on the TV shows. Oh, you know? I, I agree, hundred percent. Yeah, I think they, you know, I think they all should be included in stuff because everybody remembers them because they watch them on TV. You know. Yeah. You can't tell me a wrestling fan of the 80s don't know who George South or Pat Rose is. Yeah. They should be slapped if they don't. Oh, if they're a fan, if they watch wrestling in the 80s, they know who George South and Pat Rose is. You know, probably never saw them win a match on TV, but they've saw them on there a bunch of times. So and that's what matters, you know? So, all right. I've killed like 50 minutes of just. <laughs> no, man, you're talking about a project that's coming up. That's awesome. What's the time on this match? Time on this match is 15 minutes, 48 seconds. Okay. All right. All right. So with that, since we've already got it pulled up, we are going to watch uh, Superstar Billy Graham versus Dusty Rhodes from Madison Square Garden in October of 1977. Who's who's this coming from? Who's who's providing this for us? Oh, well, it says <laughs> originally well, it was <laughs> WWE Classics on Demand. <laughs> I, I'm not saying this has been illegally ripped from a cable service, um, but this is the Crazy Cat 68. The Crazy Cat 68. All right. Thank you there, Crazy Cat 68. <laughs> yes, we did not upload this. I want to want to really stress that stress before that. We NBC don't know. Peacock comes after us. And we don't want the cop coming at us. No, no, not not on my list of things I want. No, we don't own any rights to this at all. And we're not making any money on it either, so. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay, so we've got it tripled, zeroed out, and we will hit play in three, two, one, play. Good. Great. Look at all the people. And they are, it's Rose Oh, they're eating him up. Look at that. They even brought up the, the horns. Oh, hit play by mistake. Sorry, guys. I was sharing sound. Oh, he threw his cabbie hat out into the crowd. Yeah, he'll never get that hat back. Oh no, man! And this is crazy. He just got there too, and they're yeah. I think he came like the previous month. Yeah, as I'm saying, he just got there this this year, and they're they're going ape crap for him. Wow, 
And that robe, like that's very, that robe's very flare-esque. Oh, we got an interview. Is that Vince? That is. Thousand people here. The soul man. Soul man. The man of the hour. The man with the power. I am the hit maker. The record breaker. I got smiling grace and a loveless faith. I make your back crack. Your liver quiver. If you don't dig this mess, you at the wrong address. And superstar, while all the rest are in the back, laughing and joking, the dream's out front. Woo! Cooking and smoking. Well, there you have it from the dream. Chucking and a smoking, slipping and a sliding. <laughs> the dusty roads, unquestionably one of a... Pause it. And pause. <laughs> okay. I think I've heard the exact same promo from Billy Graham. <laughs> I know. That's what that's what we were talking about yeah, last, last week. week. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Uh, they one of them copied the other, and I'm not sure which was first. I said I'm I'm pretty sure they were right around the same time. So they they probably they so they I don't know who started first, but they, if the second one was right after them, and and they were just swapping back and forth material. So, but that was good. <laughs> that was Dusty right there, boy. He was. I just can't believe the people there. He's that over on his second appearance. That's crazy. Yeah. Okay, guys, and we're at 1 minute 35 seconds in 3, 2, 1, play. How much do you think Dusty weighed here? 280, 275. Yeah, this is – He's got some shoulders and traps on him. Yeah, this is definitely smaller dust. Yeah. There's that little house gimmick they walk out of. Remember we were talking about that one time? (laughs) I'm blowed up just watching him dance around the ring for the match. Oh, he's just eating. look at they're eating him up. He's all sucking and jiving. Look at him, dang! Yeah, he that's probably one of the best shapes he's ever been because his shoulders and traps look really good on him. Well, I think he's a little he was a little thinner in Texas Outlaw days, but oh yeah, well, he's younger. But this is as far as, as the dream. I think. Uh oh, here he comes. There's Billy Graham. There's the Grand Wizard. <laughs> God, Billy Graham looked like a million bucks. He did. That's Luger. I know Luger's total package. Graham was the total package. Absolutely. Look at that. Look at that. And he could talk. That's the thing. Luger couldn't talk. Graham's a oh, look at him. This is good. He's got the extra yeah. medium tie-dye shirt on. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Grand Wizard. Ernie Roth. Yeah, he uh, he was with the Sheik for a long time, and then he went to New York. Yeah, he kind of did both. Did he worked both at the same time? Yeah, he, he sort of he go back and forth. Okay. Well, I know it's where the late – Part he like the late seventies on to the early eighties before he passed away. He pretty much was New York because she wasn't paying nobody, so he wasn't going to yeah. leave uh, New York. But if you're seeing with it, without his gimmick, I'm trying to remember what his name was, but yeah, I have. That's Ernie Roth. Well, no, he his, looks, uh, his other gimmick name. Oh, uh, um, when he said when we were Detroit for the Sheik. Oh God, what yeah. was his name? Oh gosh, um, it was a Arabic name. Um, but if you're seeing without his gimmick, this is you know. Oh, he without, looks, without any gimmick on? No. He looks totally different. <laughs> it's like a regular old guy. It's such a big fight that. feel. Yeah. I think he just now took the belt off. He's been in the ring for 10 minutes. Oh, yeah. This is going to be like a master class and doing very little but doing everything. Yeah. He's like, he's, Graham, Graham has the belt like he's going to hit Dusty with it. They're milking that. Yeah. <laughs> when Dusty's been jabbing them all around the ring, I mean, Graham still has yeah. his T-shirt on. Yeah, he just now took his headband off. He's got his T-shirt on. And Grand Wizard's still in the ring. That's not took the belt out. I think he needs somebody to help him with his medium-sized shirt. Yeah, there he goes. He's taking his shirt. <laughs> oh, he just hit him. Yeah, he kicked him up. Oh. <laughs> oh, here we go. 
Oh, it's on now. Can double axe handle? Boom! Did he missed that kick? No, just working extremely light. Mine's starting to, it's stuttering up on mine again, like it did last week. Oh, Dusty's firing up the, oh, elk, was that elbows? Elbows on a jab. Uh-oh. Why don't we get no volume? But you know the people are going nuts right now because Graham's back begging off. Dusty drops down on the bag. That's awesome. I like that. <laughs> he got down to level. And you can hear the people, man. Oh, that is, yeah, they're going ape crap. And they've done nothing. They haven't. Yeah, they haven't done yet. God, those Selling. ropes. Those ropes worry me so much. Oh, they were so loose back then. Them old real, real rope, and they were never tight. <laughs> yeah, they, they, they just did this a little bit, and he's still, Graham's still begging off selling. He's powdering now, and the people are eating it alive. That's rough, brother. I ain't even got a shirt tucked in. They don't. I didn't even notice. I don't think it can tuck in. I think his belly's too big. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> I say, he's leaning over that, that lady going to reach up and smell. Oh, Dusty's chasing him. Oh, elbow, boom. I love that bump. He did that bump, roll through. I like, oh, shaking his booty. <laughs> Man, that's a big ring. <laughs> yeah, it is. Graham is still on the ground selling. Oh, yeah, he sell one, one shot. It's amazing. And the people are eating it up, too. He's powdering out again. Yeah, they ain't did nothing. Oh, he, oh I'm leaving. See ya. <laughs> yep, he's gone. Somebody was had a sign. I mean, they were trying to hit him with it. It looked like <laughs> All right, he's coming. Grim's back. He's coming back. Yeah, this is good. I mean, they did nothing, and the people are just going crazy. I was crazy. about to say, there's no way any either one of them broke a sweat yet. The Dusty did it before the match, all the, but since the match started, he did less since the match started. <laughs> good lockup. Oh, okay. He gave him a little jab, and Dusty sold like he'd been shot. Look at that. Out I on mean, the floor. Here we go. That, that's what Graham's been selling for him. Yeah, no, time. they both did it. Yeah, little shots. What's he? Oh. Watch out, ref. Did the Grand Wizard go back to the back? I think so. I don't see him around yeah. right side. Yeah, I think that, yeah. Oh, he sell those elbows like they've been shot by a gun, don't he? Wow. And, is there, and just the full bag off with the hand extended yeah. and everything. Look at the people. They have, look, look at this. Goes back to these boys know how to work, you know? Yeah. Look at Because the, the people are, are just eating it up. You got Dusty, the new guy, coming in, and he's got the champion all over the place. Five minutes in the match, Dusty's got their cha the champion begging. People are loving it. Oh, he low-blowing or just gut-shotting? Gut-shot. They're just selling okay. everything real, real big. Yeah, they're really good. Yeah. Oh, they're going back outside. There goes the pole. Well, we know what's happening now. <laughs> we get some color, some juice. Is this a is this a regular match? Did you did you find out if it was just a regular match? Yeah, this isn't the Texas Death, I don't believe. Okay, because the refs not counting. I've noticed. Maybe, yeah, maybe it is. They they've been out there for a while. Well, those were twenty counts, wasn't they? Uh, this I think ref, New York. This ref looked like he has a clue. He hasn't counted at all. Um, okay, I couldn't see if Dusty was had juice or not. He should have. He didn't hit. He got ran to the pole and then got to the guardrail. This may be Texas Death because. Uh, oh yeah, he's got a. What is that? Is that a is that a cord? One of the TV cords, camera cords. Yeah, is I that think a rope? it is. It, I know. It, it looks like a rope. It sure does. It is a rope. So th this must be Texas Death, or this ref's just terrible. Ref, get a bigger shirt. <laughs> hey, he's rocking them brown trousers though. <laughs> it has to be because the ref hadn't even tried to get the get the rope out of there. Oh, he's got the rope and a bear hug on Dusty. Oh, that's all, good. In all actuality, that would add nothing. Yeah, exactly. But you don't. The people don't know that. Yeah, Dusty's bleeding. Oh, comes the elbow. He's just elbowing. 
Bam! Big elbow. Another one. Oh, he just elbowed him. Okay, he broke the bear hug. Now, Dusty's got the rope. Is there a cowbell on it, or is it just a rope? It looks like it's just a rope. Okay. He's, oh, he's got him choking. Oh, yeah, he's got to wrap around two or three times. See over over the is he over the top? He's hanging him? Whoa. Yep. Wow. Sure is. Wow. And Graham ain't putting no fingers up there at all. No, <laughs> no. Graham was just going. Oh, gosh. Oh, slam him into the table. Did the table fall? Yeah. I thought it did. Wow. Yeah, this um, it had to be a no DQ or, or I don't know. It is, was that George Neapolitano or whatever his name is? <laughs> if the camera right, in, right there, boom, I think it is. <laughs> think Graham Graham's back in yet? No, not yet. I think Graham's bleeding now. As he, I probably on that table shot, he probably got it down when he's down on the down there on that when he hit on that table. Boom. Yeah, he sells Dusty's elbows like he's getting hit with a bat. Now they're just snapmare. Hey, we had a wrestling move. <laughs> what did he hit him with him? I don't, know, I don't know. I think it was a fist drop or something. Okay, I couldn't. The camera angle was horrible. Yeah. He picks him up. Another snapmare. Uh oh. Yep, it was a fist Running drop. Fish, okay. A fist drop or forearm gimmick. He did it yeah. really weird. Yeah. Well, jump and splash there. He's on the ropes. They need to quit cutting to that angle right there because you can't see that because everybody's standing up, you know? Yeah. I don't know why they keep shooting. Oh, man, Graham is gushing. His whole head's red. Yeah, usually oh, no, one, no one beats Dusty in the uh, yeah. color department, but Graham's got it. Yeah. This is actually light for Dusty at this time period. He goes for a cover. Got his, Dusty's got his feet on the ropes. <laughs> oh, Dusty thinks he won. Look. The ref saying that Nessa now got fit in the ropes. Yeah, Graham is pouring. Oh my gosh. Uh, and I think Dusty just bumped the referee. Did he? I think he but shoved he did. him. He got right back. He, he must have shoved him because I was like, he got back. He didn't know he no sold it. <laughs> it must be one of them non smart um, commission refs <laughs> up there. Oh, he's terrible, whatever he is. Hey, I don't think he's smart. This is one of those ones that wasn't smart they used, had to use from the commission. Dusty kicks out, rolls over on the. Drops, drops the elbow. Oh, he's gonna run. Big running elbow drop. Boom! I like how Graham sells with his feet flying up. That's awesome. Yeah, for cover. Okay, did he kick out? I couldn't. I couldn't tell because I said it's a little. I, I don't think this was. I don't think this was the Texas Death Match. I think that was the finish with Dusty getting pinned, and the referee was just terrible and just let them do all the brawling and crazy bull rope stuff. Okay, where was the pin? I missed it. It was when that double knockout happened, right before Dusty oh. kicked up and got the elbow. So, so he won, and they and he still did all the other stuff. Yeah. So the ref didn't tell him that the match was over. I guess not, because he just. What's it? Wow! I apologize. That was a really good match. It was ruined by a really bad finish. No, a really bad ref. Tell you that they said they used to have up there. You know, the athletic commission. They had. You know, some of them were smart. Some of them what? I don't think this guy was smart. You know, he had that one guy, uh, Dick Worley. He was smart, and a couple other ones. I don't think that guy was smart. I think the commission sent him there, and because that got totally, I didn't even realize that it was over. Yeah, I, <laughs> well, yeah, I apologize for that one. That's no, it's not. No, the ref, who could have saw that happen? I mean, that might, the ref, yeah, that was confusing. <laughs> well, but we had two I, wrestling I, moves at home. <laughs> I had a good night. streak for a little while. No, that was no, because that was good. It, it's, I mean, yeah, the finish got missed because the ref was obviously not smart. 
Uh, I don't know. That could have just been an out finish too. Hey, I think I think I won. While I'm not paying attention, you'll come running at me. We'll collide, knock out one, two, three. But I get up right after three. Like, but the ref should have asked for the bell or something. You know what I'm saying? He yeah. just kept. It's like that's my thing. Yeah, that's that that I I bet that was the finish. They would do it like that, and the ref's supposed to call for the bell. Dusty don't realize he's he's like what you know. Yeah, I don't think the ref ever called for the bell or action motion or nothing. Probably not. Well, <laughs> yeah, he he was. I was. I think that was the finish. That, that's the way it was planned, and the ref was not on board. Yeah, no, <laughs> but it was a not. great match. They they did that was one of the matches where they they did more selling in between moves than anything. They, yeah. that match they did. Billy Graham, do, I feel like, sold one punch for. Every bit of forty-five seconds. Yeah, he was selling flop out, and yeah, and every time Dusty would hit that elbow when he's on the ground, his feet flew up. I mean, this that match was selling. That's that's how to work a match just by do your you're telling your story by selling. Because like I said they only had there was two snap mares. That was the only wrestling moves there was, and um, everything. One out bear hug with a rope. So I guess it's. Oh yeah, there. I forgot about the bear hug. I forgot about the bear hug. <laughs> yeah, the bear hug, but. Oh, it was uh, what's the thing? Oh, so I'm looking up, trying to look for it's um, uh, everything. Matter they they didn't do they they would do something they would sell it so it m- meant they didn't have to do a lot because everything they did something they sold it so good and it made it meant so much so they didn't have to do a lot of stuff. They they you know made they made every move. A moment instead of a move. There you go. Exactly. That's what I was trying to explain. Yeah, that's what. Yeah, they made they made every move a moment. Yeah, stuff that they did. Majority that they did. You you'll see in a regular match, but it's not sold like this was. So it it, they took the simplest stuff, did it the way it's supposed to be done, and sold it where they didn't have. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, where everything meant the little the littlest punch meant something. Um, That's you know. And that crowd, oh my gosh! I think he could. I mean, a punch. They were coming off. The, I mean, it just because, like I said, it was this. That's the key to selling. That there's all there's different kinds of selling, you know. But that was that was perfect, you know. Uh, you know, they didn't do a lot of stuff. Boom, 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 boom. It was boom, sell, sell. You know, and go do another thing. Boom, sell, sell, sell. You know, it, it was that was great. That was really good. Uh, and I bet with the uh, volume on to hear that crowd would have been even better. You know? Yeah. But you could see them though. You could see uh, they were they were eating it up. You know. And uh, oh yeah, that's. Um, and here's my thing. You know, they say you can't do that no more. You could put that if nowadays if you build something, build something, build something, you could have a match like that today, and the people would eat it up. Rock and Hogan could have had that match. Exactly. There you go. That could have been a Rock and Hogan match. Uh, it what uh, when were they were was that early two thousands mid early to mid two thousands? Yeah, they could have had that match at WrestleMania, and it would have yeah, yeah re- replaced the elbows with leg drops. Yeah, I mean it could. I Done. mean that yeah, perfect. Yeah, that match could get over nowadays with um, if it was done with the, the people and, and they knew how to do it, know how to sell. You know, it could be done. People would like it. If they did it, because it was like I said, everything was had you know was a everything was you know it meant something. It, it was you know like I said, a moment. You know, it was 
that was good stuff, man. That was really good. Um, and Graham is not known as a, you know, a wrestler. Dusty, you know, brawl. So you had a brawl, but it wasn't your typical brawl where there's brawling all over. Yeah, it would get out of hand. It would get out of hand, then they'd bring it back in. And yeah, then get out of hand, then they'd bring it yeah, back in. It was, I mean, who they and you know what? I bet the only thing was called in the back was the finish. I bet none of that was called out there. None no, of it. Yeah, guaranteed. And it, I mean, oh my gosh, man! When I see that stuff like that, it, I, I've, I become a fan again when I see that. Because man, that was, that was so it, it was so simple. That's what made it so great, you know. And just that oh, was good. That was real. I said, screw the finish. I don't care about the finish. Everything else was. I loved it, man. It was perfect. I mean, that was a. And they only went. I mean, actually, that match is what maybe ten minutes with all the. Maybe, Chucking and yeah. jiving at first, so it's maybe ten minutes, and that didn't seem like ten, even though they didn't do a lot. But the selling, there was more selling than anything. It, it just that was awesome, man. I loved that. That that match right there was great. That was a good match. That was uh, two guys. You know, here's my thing. Everybody thinks Graham and Rhodes promo battles. Dusty only did the promo. Graham never said a word. You know, so you're, you're thinking, oh, they're going back and forth. Man, that was all magic in the in the ring, man. That was just that was good. That was really good. And like I said, I've never seen that. Really? So okay. I, I, yeah, that's man. That was good, dude. I love that. That's what I love about old school wrestling. You know, they went out to two of the headliners. Headlined at Madison Square Garden, did three wrestling moves, and had the people going ape crap because they knew how to do it. Yeah, they knew what they were doing. You know. Wouldn't, and you know, in old school stuff, you have you know, fast paced old school too. But they that was just perfect, man. I'm sorry, that was I'm not a perfect match, but man, that was so good. I love that. And and Graham got more juice than Rhodes. That was a that's which, insane, that, yeah. That, but here's the thing though, I think they did that for a reason because this is what Dusty's second time in at the uh, Master Square, yeah. He just he just busted the champ up big time. Dusty just for Dusty, that was just a little bit patched, you know. Graham was gushing, so maybe they that was I'm sure get a little bit, you get a bunch, helps Dusty even more, you know. Oh, he so you know, they bring it, and it's like, oh, he's gonna get him next time. Look at he did, he, he about bled to death, you know. Yeah, I think that was the thing because Dusty, when he bleeds, he wants to bleed, so I think that's I think he just got a little bit and you know, because he, he had to, you know, and then. Graham had to get a bunch. I think I think that was the philosophy, the psychology of that. Because I've never seen Dusty with a little patch. Have you? No, not really. Unless he got hard. Unless but, he got hard. But I will say I've all I've always seen Graham just destroyed. Yeah. Graham was always a big cutter. Yeah. I mean, but I'm thinking that well, he probably gonna, well he probably was going to cut you know get get some good flow away. But I think the dusty part, I think you know, I think it ties in. I might be trying to put too much into it. But that's only because Dusty, I've never seen him, like I said, I, man, unless he got like a hard way on some scar tissue or something. But, yeah. to, to, but to juice and just get a little thing, that's not Dusty, you know? Yeah. So I think he did that for a reason, just get a little bit, and then Graham had all the flowing, and it'd be like, oh, crap, he's, he's got, you know what I'm saying? It, I think that, that added to it, too, because, you know, he, you know, he Dusty got it first, he got a little bit. But when Graham got it, you know, and then that whole time he was just beating on Graham 
flip, you know, I had Graham on you know, just, so I'm thinking that was the, I could be wrong, but that, what I'm seeing is I think Dusty just got a little bit to make Graham stand out more that Dusty's beating the crap out of our world champion. Oh, let's, you know, even though they, they were by, behind him 10,000%, you know, yeah, I think it adds a little more, you know, that a little more to, you know, well, they don't have to do a lot of moves and stuff. Yeah. yeah, well, I mean, they did a series, you know, a series of matches after this too. So this was very early on in the program, and that's what makes me think that the color does just did a little bit because it makes it made Grams look more, and they're just now starting, and it's like, oh man, it's building up, you know. Yeah, I could be wrong. But that's what I'm saying, and I the, the like you know we talked about the, the brawl, and I like this one. It was really good. Late, they it wasn't laid out because it was all called out there. Um, this was a different kind of brawl. You watch like like if you watch Brody, he's nonstop, not just brr, 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 eating a lot. You know, just this. I like the way they they paced it. It was perfect. You know, so like uh, sometimes you watch Brody's matches, the, the brawls just uh, sometimes it's just nonstop. You know, yeah. Except no, in yeah. Japan when he turns, you have, you have no time he, to breathe. Yeah, except for in Japan when he turns and goes and starts running. Chasing the people in the crowd while the person's person selling. That's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, that's usually his breaks. Yeah, yeah. But now, this match, uh, I mean, this can be showed in a wrestling school and show you how to uh, sell stuff, how to pace a brawl. Because brawls get boring. Quickly, um, quickly. Yeah, but they sold it, paced it out, paced herself, sold it. They did, you know, everything just right. So, yeah, a brawl, if you, some brawls after five minutes, you're like, you know, um, it's like death matches. I can watch a death match, but after five minutes, you can see only you can only see people get cut up and everything. For you know, it gets old. So you know, but I loved it. This was a it, this brawl. Like I said, they could show this for rest of school and say, look, if you this is how you do a brawl. If you're stretching time and make it and make even in brawls, your stuff needs to mean stuff even in a brawl. You know, and they the stuff. Usually, seeing a brawl don't mean nothing. It's because it's all boom, boom, boom. Every little thing, it, and they were brawling. Mints, you know, it was it was good, man. I love that match. Well, and, and to speak of something you brought up in the past, how you think you know street fights and everything now are just glorified hardcore matches, yeah, because they've got all the gimmicks. And this one, the only thing you had was was surrounding the ring and something that could possibly logically be under a ring. That, you know, that, that rope. It's possible to think that a rope could be under the ring. Well, they use the real rope. Yeah, so there you go. Yeah, that's an extra ring. Uh, that, yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, they didn't bring anything into it. They used the tables, the guardrails. He grabbed that rope from underneath the, the, the ring there. Um, yeah, I, I think that, yeah, that's a, especially like saying, you know, wrestling schools and stuff. Um, brawling needs to be taught because there's an art to brawling. I mean, in this is textbook of how to do it. Unless you're going to go out there and just do two, three minute brawl and get the match get thrown out, you know. But if you're actually have a long brawl and want it to be good, this is the prototype that people need to watch. I think, you know. Well, what so far what I've seen of, of brawls, this one was the best uh, long brawl that kept you into it, you know. Yeah. Uh, so it, it was. Oh, I, I love this match, man. This is one of my favorites so far. My favorite brawler is always going to be Stan Hansen, but you know. Well, I know that, but I'm just saying, though, but this match was just, I don't know, it was the way it was set. It just, they did it right, you know? Yeah. And so, and they're coming back the next month, so you don't want to do a lot. Yeah. 
you know, do enough to want them, you know, that thing with the dusty with a little bit of cut, save it for next month, you know, give a little more. Because what did they, you said they had a, bunk, yeah, te- was it a, they had a te- Texas death and a bull rope. I don't know which one okay. was, uh, was, I the bet bull rope probably was, I bet bull rope was probably next since they brought that rope in there. I'm thinking probably. Yeah. Well, logic would make you think it would be. Um, so, yeah, so you couldn't go out there and give them the whole kitchen sink. You, you, you know, you got uh, two more months, uh, two matches in the next two months that build it, you know. So, yeah, that was perfect, man. Game enough, safe, you know, to wet their whistle. And then next, the next month, they're going to bring it up a little bit. You know what I'm saying? That, yeah. that was yeah. perfect, man. That I love that. <laughs> I mean, that mean I, as a fan, this match had me both ways. It had me as a fan. And as a worker, as a fan, that was good. Oh man, it's good. And as a as, as a worker, the way they worked was just amazing. Yeah, you know, that's when that's you know it's a good match when it gets you as a fan and as a worker. You know it was a good match. Yeah, you know? oh, heck yeah, that was good. Dude. I'm happy, man. That was yeah. Awesome. You're you're happier about it than I was because that finish that finish took me out of it. I overlooked I overlooked the finish because I know those refs. I mean, I've seen some. You watch some of those, especially the, well, I, you know, I've watched quite a few, you know, the last couple of years of that, that old 70s stuff from, you know, on the network. Yeah, those uh, commission, some of those commission refs were just horrible. Yeah, they were not smart at all. So, you, you saw Dick Worley and there's a couple other ones you knew, uh, there, you know. But, yeah, some of them you, you could tell was. And what's crazy, it seemed like they would have put somebody else in there being that big of a match, you know. Yeah. Unless... Here's the thing. We don't know, but maybe they did a thing where that was the whole thing is next, you know, Dusty might com- complain. We don't know. We don't have their TV. You know, they might have sent in a video from Florida saying, hey, I'm coming back next month. I want a, a different re- – I want the – you know, they probably could do that because it was so screwy, you know. Yeah. It had to mean something unless the that ref is just so um, – Adamant that he's doing that match. Yeah, so I just – there might be more to it, but I said, I'm overlooking that finish because everything else was so good, you know. And I think the finish was what it was supposed to be, but the ref just messed it up. Because I mean, you know, that's I, I think because because I think it was that whole thing. Yeah, I think it was it, but the ref just didn't know how to <laughs> to do what he was supposed to have done. But besides that, I loved it, man. That was good. That's so good. Because you know, it, and you talking about bras. You watch that. Um, totally different from a Memphis brawl. Memphis oh, yeah. brawls are more fast, fast paced, wild, woolly. You know, Bumps. yeah, that was that was a lot different from. Like I said there's different styles of brawling, and just and that was a style, and that was awesome. You know, and that was that was really good. Because um, you know, you know, from what this brawl the same with Dusty in Florida, gushing blood, him selling a lot. You know, it. You know, not really fast paced. Yeah. So I think that was kind of, you know, the Florida mentality of the brawls. And uh, I'm sure New York's was too, because they're, you know, their high spot was an Irish whip up there. Yeah. You ain't lying. <laughs> you know, in the 70s. So, uh, yeah. So I think, but yeah, it, um, different kind of brawling. There's different brawling. That was really good. I like that. I'm glad you picked that. Son of a buck. <laughs> you forgot again, didn't you? <laughs> Dude, I got I got an excuse. I got some stuff. Last two days blew my mind. So I didn't even thought of, you know, 
Because I, I texted you late this afternoon, didn't I? You did. To get asked you the time we're going to do it. I, I won't even pay attention on Thursday. So. <laughs> we'll be calling oh, it in the ring again next week. And I promise we won't have a New Japan, All Japan, any kind of Japan Memphis match. I can guarantee we won't have that. <laughs> any kind of Japan match work Memphis style. We're not, we will, I definitely will not have that. <laughs> Um, I'm, I'll pick something out. Um, I, said, I got a list of stuff. Um, I try not to go back to the same place I went. I went to Continental twice. I really want to go to Portland because uh, Portland's got so much good stuff. Man, Buddy Rose, that hit, yeah, I'm telling you, I know we talked about him before, but his Portland stuff was just amazing. He was so good and did not get so underrated because he stayed up in Portland so much. And, you know, it just didn't get – didn't really get covered in magazines at all. So, you know, so he, he, you know, he'd go to New York, uh, you know, a couple times a year. Do you know, do do like the, you know, the big house, the big show, the big shows, you know, a month, and then he'd come back to Portland. He'd go down to uh, work for LaBelle down in, or was it Shire? It might have been both. I know he'd go down to California and work a little while, come back to Portland, you know, and then basically California was dead. He stayed in Portland. Basically, then on, and like I said, he'd do a couple shots of New York, you know, the um, the, the gardens, Boston, Mass Square, Philly, Spectrum. You know, he'd do the bit, those big shows, and he'd come back to Portland, you know. So, um, yeah, the AWA run, too. Well, that was later on. I'm talking about, like, yeah, yeah that was his life. Yeah, because Portland was done dead by then. By 86, it was, well, it wasn't dead, but it wasn't, you know, and he had been there so long. So that was a good break for him to get away from there. And, um, at that time, that's when he started putting on his weight, that AWA run. Um, eating, man, all that, eating all that Midwest food. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, um, yeah, Midwest food. I guess he, every time they'd go to Wisconsin, he'd give him some Kringles. You never got to – you never eat – to be uh, Wisconsin relatives, I can't believe you know what a Kringle is. I don't know man. what a Kringle is. Cheese curds, though. Love me some cheese curds. Yeah, that's a big thing. Culver's. They, they always – Culver's Never. has those. That's, a, that's the only place I know it has them around here is Culver's. Uh, you know, starting start to find them in grocery stores. Oh, really? Yeah, they're, they're, not, they're wow. not as good as when you get them in Wisconsin because when you get them oh, in Wisconsin, yeah. you get them straight <laughs> from the milk place, you know, so yeah, they're, they're real yeah, fresh yeah. and they squeak when you yeah. bite into them, but it's still good. Yeah. But yeah, the only place I know that, like I said, Culver's is the only place they're Wisconsin-based. But, uh, yeah, man, if you ever go back to Wisconsin – I, I think it's like a, a southern Wisconsin thing, uh, especially in racing. Is that how you say it? Racing, Wisconsin? Racine. Racine, there you go. It's really big there. They have a lot of the Kringle shops. Um, the dude, it's so good. Um, yeah, just look it up. It, it's a big pastry. It's awesome. They're so good. They have all different kinds. You know what you need to try? And it's not a Wisconsin thing, but I had a really good one in Wisconsin. It's actually a Canadian thing. You ever had poutine? You know, I've never had it. I look at it, I'm like, I would probably like that. <laughs> it, I mean, it, it's fries, cheese curds, and brown gravy. And it's, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen, uh, uh, I've seen people eat it in the, uh, I remember on an episode of uh, the Wahlburgers where they opened up a thing in Toronto and, and I think it was Donnie told the, wherever the brother, it's over the, the restaurants. He said, you got to have, how do you pronounce it? Poop. Poutine. Poutine? Yeah. Okay. He said, you got to have that on the menu. It's Canada. He's like, 
We don't have that on our menu. He said, well, you have to put it on there just for this one, for this location. Yeah, so yeah it's sure. like a big, it's like a big thing up in Canada. It's like they're it's horribly unhealthy for you, but so good. Oh yeah, well, isn't it most everything? Is there anything good that's not that, that's healthy? I mean, I mean, I mean, when you think about it, cheese, potatoes, and gravy. Yeah, uh, and so I'll make. Uh... <laughs> For, for a cheat meal, I, I've legit done what I call redneck poutine because I don't want to take the time to do all this stuff. So I, I'll get I, I get actual cheese curds now that I'm seeing them in southern grocery stores. Yeah. I'd get like shredded cheese, cook, get those checkers fries, fry those, put shred, sprinkle shredded cheese and just pour brown gravy on it. And it's red, like, you know, brown gravy you got in a pack for 50 cents. So it's yeah, like red, yeah. redneck poor guy poutine, but it's still really good. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I've never had to see it, and uh, I look at it, I'm like, it sounds nasty, but I would love that. <laughs> you just know I can tell. You, you, you know? would. You would. Yeah. It's so good. It's up my alley. <laughs> um, Even using gravy is, is up my alley. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm a big brown gravy guy. I know that's random, yeah. but there's a lot of people who yeah, like, like, like white, and I'm like, white only goes well, on biscuits. White only goes well, on biscuits. <laughs> yeah, because like when I go to uh, uh, Cracker Barrel, I get the... Uh, Chicken fried chicken. Okay, it goes on chicken fried stuff too. Sorry, but I like, but I, I don't like it. I'm like, they say you want, and they ask you, you want brown or white gravy on your potatoes? White gravy does not go on potatoes, mashed potatoes. I'm sorry. I agree, hundred percent. White gravy does not go on what on mashed potatoes. White gravy is for biscuits. Uh, for me, it's biscuits. I don't even like. I said I want to get the chicken fried chicken. I don't even get it on that. Um, now the. Country fried steak, a little bit of gravy. I can I can put a little bit of white gravy on it, a little bit, but no, basically, yeah, it, it's for biscuit. <laughs> um, so. Went to uh, there, there's a place in north. I can't remember if we we're in Cincinnati proper or if we we're in northern Kentucky. But I was visiting some friends and they took us out for breakfast, and they they live like right across the river, so that's why I can't remember if we crossed the river or not when we ate. But they're talking about how great they had like a southern breakfast or whatever. So I think so. The breast breakfast, I get biscuits of gravy, right? <laughs> they have not only no sausage in their white gravy. Oh, uh. Uh-uh. They have no seasoning of any kind. That's against the law, man. Come on it, now. <laughs> it's it's just runny white gravy. Ugh. I had to pepper it so much to have any flavor. It was terrible. Oh my gosh. And I'm like, I know a lot of people say Ohio's the the north. But I was pretty sure that we were still on the Kentucky side, and I didn't think we were far enough north for them to mess up white gravy. But man, it was bad. Hey, I live in Bowling Green. It's Kentucky's. It's got a lot of northern stuff. I was like when Cornette talked talks about. He tells Brian last, hey, "You come here and eat some real southern food." Louisville's not southern. I, I mean, I said I'm in Bowling Green, and I look at some of the places up here. I'm like, like the home cooked plate, home cooked, you know, meat threes up here. I'm like, you know, and like the barbecue. I get, there's the barbecue place up here. I, uh, I call it Yankee barbecue with sauces made in it and all that. I'm like, there's no real Southern barbecue in Bowling Green. <laughs> what, what, do you mean the so- what do you mean with the sauces made in it? I don't, the, they call that Yankee barbecue where the sauce is already in it. It's one sauce there. You don't get, you don't get to put sauce on it. It's already made in there. So whatever sauce is in it, that's what you get. Oh, so they, they, don't, they don't give you the option. It's just no. Oh, okay. Yeah, no. I like it where 
most places, like especially near Tennessee, my place. Well, I think some parts of North Carolina have the that Carolina barbecue. Some of it, I think, has sauce in it. But most Southern barbecue that has no sauce. You put your own sauce on it. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's um, I like wits. You know, wits don't have no, you know, sauce. You put your own. That's most Southern barbecues like that. But yeah, up here it's uh, whatever's in it. That's what you get. <laughs> it's like no. <laughs> Yeah, because some people like like a lot of sauce on their barbecue. I just like a little, just a little bit of sauce on mine. So yeah, it, yeah, up here it's just it's not southern up here. It, we Kentucky's still considered you know south, but yeah, it's not the same. <laughs> I'm trying to think of any famous southern dishes from Kentucky, and I can't think of any. There's not. Well, they got the thing in Louisville, which is the hot brown. Oh yeah. That's not really southern because it's. I mean, gray. It's got gravy. I mean, brown gravy is universal. It's not. I don't consider brown gravy. That's not southern. White gravy, I consider southern. Brown gravy, that's uh, that's universal. You know, that's north and south. So, but um, the accordion think he calls. He thinks Louisville's the south. I'm like, dude, it is. It is not the south. You know, so. <laughs> the hot brown is a really weird dish. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I've never had one. I've seen them. And there's they some places serve it a little different, little kind of a little different from other ones up there. He said, um, "I don't think I'd like it. I don't think I'd like it." But that's it's big thing in Louisville. That's what I guess where it's invented and everything. It looks like a big weird open face sandwich. Yeah, it's a big yeah open face sandwich. Yeah, with like a heavy cream sauce. Yeah, it don't look. I don't I mean, think I'd like it. I, I try, I'd try it, it because that's yeah, what I try it. I tried to see, you know, but because it's like their thing up there. Yeah, uh, just like I, I'm really mad uh, when I wrestled in Rochester, New York. I didn't have a garbage plate because that's a big thing. Uh-huh. It's garbage plate. It's a big thing up in that area. Um, I'm trying to remember what what exactly is in it from memory, and I'm looking it up right now. From re- memory, it's like open face burgers with like everything on top. Let's see here. Da-da-da. Oh God, that's talking. To- thing i'm looking at talked about uh there, there's a like a 5k or something like that a what a 5k where they'll eat a garbage plate and then do a 5k that sounds like a terrible idea yeah it does <laughs> oh god yeah so it's macaroni salad like so half the plate's macaroni salad half the plate is home fries uh then you have your burger patties on top you slather with a meat sauce like a uh like a Cincinnati chili kind of meat sauce, you know what I mean? Um, then you got your garnishes like your, you know, ye- yellow mustard, onion, and ketchup, and then white bread, and like it's just all that mixed together, white bread served on the side. Oh my gosh. Dude, that's nasty sounding. Oh, that sounds kind of amazing. <laughs> it's, 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 first- it's, it sounds like five beers amazing. Okay, what was the first thing you said? Would you say potato salad? Macaroni salad. Macaroni. Oh god. Yeah, the pl- okay. the, pl- the base of the plate is half macaroni salad, half home fries. Okay, is it the round home fries or the diced home fries? The cubes. Cubes. Okay. Yeah, yeah, the cubes. I mean, so, some of the places that serve them do uh, French fries, but the actual recipe calls for home fries. Home fries. Yeah, and then it's your patties on top, uh, and actually, it, it, they said it's best if you do the. You know, do all the ketchup, mustard, and onions on top of that, and, th- and then do the meat sauce. Oh, oh, dude, it's called the garbage plate. Yeah, I'm thinking about making it one of my horrible cheat meals this month. Ugh, dude, 
That's so nasty. Well, I don't like macaroni salad, so I don't know. That just that's weird. It's kind of like the what's the uh, thing in in Pittsburgh? Their big gimmick, the Panetti Brothers. They put the fries and slaws on the sandwiches. Oh, I didn't know that was a Pittsburgh thing. I know uh, there's yeah. a place in Nashville called Piranhas that would do that. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah. It's basically a copy off from it. Yeah, it'd be three oh. in the morning, and we'd go over there, and I get a. Uh, uh, what a donut burger with the fries and slaw on it. Yeah, they the thing up in Pittsburgh. It was over by one of the, I guess, factories or something. They get off like third shift, and yeah, they just big fat daddy sandwiches in it, and it come with slaw and fries, and you couldn't order it. Like, don't put no slaw, don't put no fry, whatever. You it would could only be ordered that way. They wouldn't serve it, you know, substituting anything on it. It was crazy, and then it's like humongous. And it's been like it's been the thing there for like since like the twenties or something. It's delicious. Yeah, it's like it, so I hate slaw, so I wouldn't I couldn't do it. <laughs> now we we kind of become an everything podcast now. This has been the foodie. Oh gosh, we, how did we get to food? I don't remember. Well, we saw Buddy Rose, and then oh Midwestern food, and then we somehow yeah, that's how you got fat. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> we went to talking about went to, Pringles went to cheese, and went to cheese curd. The food team. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, I'll find us a match. Uh, I probably might go to Porto. I don't know. Depends on if I see something catches my eye during the week. So I'll find us something good. I only going to go in my comfort zone last week because I took out my comfort zone and it still stayed in Memphis. Imagine that. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, come on. So I'll, I'll, I'll find something. I'll try not to go in my comfort zone so I'll find something that I know will be, you know. But I know it'll be good. Like I said, I'm leaning toward uh, something from Buddy Rose in the, the 80s in Portland. Unless, like I said, unless something really catches my eye, that's probably what we're going to do. Sounds like a plan. I, I, wish, like a plan. I wish they had some of that Buddy Rose Moondog Main stuff. I think all they got is just the interview. and Because that was like a, the big program they were doing when, when he passed away, when Moondog Main passed away up there. So, but yeah, they got a lot of the interview. I got that guy, uh, Hoops Johnson, or whatever his name is. Has all the Portland stuff. Now, Hoop Johnson was a guy that had that deviant. Never mind. Well, you know, probably isn't the same guy. There was a guy back in the tape trailer days. His name was Hoop Johnson. He was your Portland guy if you wanted Portland. And I'm thinking this guy that I got this that we did that match from last time because that guy's got all the most most Portland on YouTube. So I wonder if it's that same guy. Probably is. I bet it is. I want. I need to send that guy a message. To say he used to be a tape trailer named Hoop Johnson. <laughs> He, did. he was the he was the guy to go to for your Portland back in the back in the tape trading DVD trading days. Um, but yeah, it, Portland, like I said, it it gets lost in the history of of uh, wrestling because it was the only little niche up there in the corner, you know. Yeah, yeah and you know, it was part of the NWA. It, it was just their own little. It was a small territory. Um, you know, it was a full time territory, but the, it's kind of like kind of like a continental. All the drives were short. I mean, well, not Continental, well, Knoxville, way Knoxville. Fuller had Knoxville, you know, full-time territory, short drives. That's kind of like what Portland was. Um, you know, they went up a little bit into Seattle. I mean, Washington up into Seattle. I think Seattle was the furthest trip they had. Everything else was, you know, two-hour trips at the most. So, it's, you know, it's one of those little small territories. That, and they said that he, uh, Owens, he said Owens paid good, too, for the size of the, you know, territory. And, um, and everybody... Everybody, you hear stories, they all love Don Owens, you know? Yeah. You know, they love, you know, Piper wouldn't even, 
he wouldn't even work the New York shows when they went out west for for a long time. If he didn't want to go against Don Owens. Yeah, that's loyalty right there. Oh, 100%. I mean, you know, when you tell Vince McMahon, I'm not working these shows because the guy used to work for, you know, that and the wrestling business, which is so cutthroat and, you know, you know, back and even then, you know, you'd leave promote, you know, I mean, look, you know, when Vince took all AWA guys, you know, and they just jumped ship, left Vern hanging, you know, so for Piper to tell Vince, I'm not doing, you know, that Don Owens must have been just a great guy. One of those guys that might have been too good for the wrestling business, you know? Yeah. Because if, yeah. You got, if you got some of the boys doing, you know, you know, like I said, you know, Piper, that, that was just amazing that he wouldn't, you know, told Vince. I mean, of all people, Vince man, you know, I'm not, I'm not working those towns, you know? That's crazy. Yeah. So, I mean, it shows you that Don Owens must have been a great guy, you know? Because, like I said, I think he did his own little thing up there, stayed out of everybody's business, you know? And that, you know, he just, it was, you know, really good stuff up there. We're going to go to Portland. <laughs> we're going to Portland. I just don't know what we're going to be watching. I was going to, yeah, we're going to Portland next week. <laughs> All right. Well, that's a bit Port- more narrow Portland, down than we were. Not Portland, Tennessee, which actually, one of the things I got today was a promotion never heard of in my entire life. It ran Portland, Tennessee. Um, so, so yeah, we'll go to Portland. <laughs> Portland, Oregon, not Tennessee. <laughs> so, you know, some of the earlier, um, you know, the, the outlaw things. I wish somebody would do one on Dale Man. Yeah. He, um, just this, this, you know, you know, a lot of people, you work for Dale. So everybody who ever worked for Dale always ended up getting the heat with Dale late, you know. Um, but man, he was constant promoter. He ran shows in Kentucky for 20, 30, for 30 years, you know. And just, he, he was always, he always had a promotion. He was, you know, the constant indie guy in Kentucky. You know, it just, it's, um, it's crazy. You know, then he would go and do a little stuff with, like in the seventies, he did a little stuff with, uh, Goodless at the end there. And, um, he did a little stuff with the Poffos and I think he did a little bit with Jerry Jarrett, but he was always constantly running Kentucky. You know, it's crazy. And even, and he would go up into Indiana. Um, he did a little bit up in Ohio. He kind of went, uh, he was up at Kentucky, but and every year they used to have this thing called, they used to call them the Dale Man Wild West Tours. He'd go out to like Montana and Wyoming and Idaho and go out there and take a whole crew with him, go out there during the summer and like do like a month or a couple weeks or whatever every year. It's crazy. But uh, he, I think somebody just needs something on him because, man, he, He's around for so long and ran shows, work shows, you know, is a constant figure. I, and he worked for um, Master Curtis. Uh, I got it on some of the posters I got and uh, uh, newspaper article for Master Curtis, uh, uh, SIU promotion. Dale Man worked off and on with him, too. And then he went when when George and Nick was running in Nashville back up in, like, was it 85 to 86? Uh there for about six months that Dale was bringing his crew down and doing TV for with uh, George until that, of course, had a fallen out. Because uh, if you can find some of those tapes, uh, there's a few tapes floating around, shows of the uh, of the uh, Gillis's UWA uh, that was filmed out of Lebanon uh, for like a probably about, not only not about six months, but uh, you'd hear they'd say you know uh, UWA. Uh, in conjunction with uh, was it Mid Continental Wrestling? I think that's what it was called. 
what Del Mans was. And so, yeah, he, he was, he was everywhere for, you know, 30 years there. You know, he was Kentucky wrestling, you know, besides, you know, the big, like, you know, the Jarrett, you know, Gullis Jarrett, you know, promotion. Um, Dale was everywhere in the state. So I just wish somebody would do something, you know, about him because there's a lot of history. And, you know, he's passed away now. So uh, a lot of it's gone, you know. And uh, so that's somebody I wish somebody would do something on. And actually, Scott Till was talking about it one time. He said he wished he would have uh, did some stuff with Dale, you know, before he passed away. But, yeah, it's um, that's one of the things, the reason why I'm trying to do this project to get the stuff out there. You know, because eventually it's going to go away completely. And I think, you know, I think there's more people than just me out there that likes that odd wrestling stuff, you know, the odd promotions and all that stuff. So yeah, very, very, fringe, very fringe stuff. And very like the big thing now is like DIY and punk rock. And that was people who are doing that on the shoestring budget, you know, back in the 70s and 80s. We're doing it the very DIY punk rock way, not the way that yeah. you're supposed yeah. to do it. Yeah, so I got you know like I was telling the guy I got the stuff and memorabilia from today. I told him I said you know Master Curtis you know because he was out there, he kept saying all the all the this Master Curtis he ran a lot. I said yeah he ran because like one it was like a Friday night we was like, we was looking at the the towns he ran like a Friday night in was it I want to say it was Tullahoma. The next night they were in Dixon. That's a good little haul there you know for for a outlaw promote you know what I'm saying yeah. And, and uh, yeah, he said, so I told him, said, yeah, he was definitely a shoestring budget, Curtis was. But, um, but he ran for a good, steady two and a half to three years in Middle Tennessee until finally, uh, he was basically George, George and Nick kind of took over that, uh, Middle Tennessee because he got TV. Basically, when he got the TV, it kind of Curtis was pretty much done as the outlaw indie for Middle Tennessee. When George and Nick got that TV, it pretty much killed Curtis's promotion because basically they were using the same guys. Basically, you know, so people see that on TV, they're more likely going to go to, even though it's a step, you know, step down from the Jarrett's, it's on TV. People are going to go to that more. Yeah. Then Curtis's, because Curtis, and then people would see it more advertised on TV than Curtis's, you know, posters and newspaper. So that this one, so when Gillis got TV, it kind of, that was Master Curtis's. Uh, swan song of, of being a, a steady outlaw indie because he still ran off and on. He would pop up. You'd see him doing shows here and there up in like into 87, 88 ish. Uh, he'd do like one every now and you'd see him like in um, what's that little town? I think he, he ran a show um, above Ashland City. It's a pleasant view. I think it's like, you know, he'd run a little odd in, you know, once every once a year, twice a year, you know, but you know, it was nothing like that 82 to 84 where he was just. Just nonstop every weekend, you know, Friday, Saturday, even sometimes a, a Sunday, you know, running at least two to three nights every weekend for, you know, two, three years straight, which that's a good run, man, for not having TV. Yeah. You know, it was a really good run. So, um, so I know there's more people out there interested than me. It has to be. Because <laughs> he ran. So there was, I'm sure people who went to the shows liked it and are probably still alive and would be interested in them, you know, so. And I said, and I'm sure there's some guys out there like me that just likes odd stuff besides the regular regional promotion, you know? Exactly. Yeah, dude. I, yeah. I think there's yeah. a market a market for that. I do. Yeah. I think it is. I said, I, I'm not in it to make money because I won't make money on it, but it's something I enjoy. And I said, I want it. it like, Scott, me and Scott talk all the time. Scott, he tells me, I'm not making any money off this. He says, what I put into it 
and my time, I don't I lose money. He said, but I'm doing this because I love doing it. I love to, you know, preserve the history of wrestling. And that's why I think. I think that's why me and him connect pretty good because we both have that philosophy of we ain't going to make no money off this stuff, but we want it out there because we love wrestling. And if we don't do it, it's going to go away because nobody else is doing it, you know? And um, so I, I, that's why I think why me and him connect pretty good. So we got that same philosophy. That's why I want to do it. I ain't going to make no money. I'm already in the hole whew, more than I ever thought I would be after today. But the good Lord has blessed me in the last, me and my wife, the last six months. And um, so I'm going to finally do something I'll enjoy, you know? I've been wanting to do forever. So I'm finally going to, I'm blessed to be able to do it. So I'm, I'm going to do it, you know? I just hope it, hope people enjoy it. My, my, you know, I said, the good Lord lets me live long enough to finish it. When I get it out there, I hope people, you know, enjoy what I, because I, it, the ones out there that like this stuff like I do, uh, I, you know, because I'm really going to, I'm going to do it good. I'm going to do it just, I ain't just going to throw stuff out there. I'm going to, I'm going to put some time into it, make it good. I ain't going to be Scott Till invested time, <laughs> but it's, you know, I'm going to do, I'm going to, I'm going to make it deep, at least decent. But Scott's been doing it for so long. He knows how to, you know, <laughs> I mean, he, anybody can put out 10 books a year. I don't see how he does it. I asked him one day, I said, do you sleep? He said, yeah, I'll sleep. I said, when? <laughs> you know, I said, he's, yeah, I'm happy I got that stuff. Was, I was kind of, with. I kind of, last six months, I pretty much put the UWA Fest thing. I was like, it ain't going to happen, you know? And I was like, as much as I wanted to, there's just not a lot of stuff out there. You find stuff every now and then, you know, I stumble across stuff. Um, there's just not enough stuff out there for what I wanted to do. Uh, there's only, I'm trying to think, uh, only people left from that promotion alive that I know of is Bruce Swayze, George Weingroff, um, the Samoans, Alpha Sika, um, Frank Morrell, but he, they say he's in really bad health. Um, oh gosh, I think it's, well, Herbie, he, you know, he worked, he worked in the promotion. Um, I think that's, I think it's like only five or six people work the promotion alive, you know? So, and there's just not nothing, nothing out, you know, because they'd only ran from February to September. And, um, but I was always intrigued with that UWA stuff. And it just, it just, so I was like, I put on the back burner. I was like, I'm done with it, you know? And then I was thinking, hey, hold on. That's enough stuff to be in a part of a bigger thing. So yeah. I was like, you know what? Yeah. I'm going in gung ho. And then, um, sure enough, as soon as I had this idea, it went like two, three weeks later. Scott Hensley said, "Hey, man, you might want to check this out." Boom, gold mine. What the crap? This, you know, and, it, and ever since I just, I've been trying to, you know, and I, I got some more stuff lined up. Um, it's probably gonna be a couple months before I'll be able to get it because I spent so much money on this. But I've found some more stuff from that time period that uh, I got a guy who's finally willing to sell. Um, so. About three, two or three months, I should be getting even more stuff to ask. So it's coming along. Like I said, I'm fixing to hit the archives down at the Tuesday archives. I'm fixing to hit that really hard, and uh, I'm really pumped up. I'm about pumped up as I am that match we, we just watched. <laughs> That's awesome, man. I love to hear that. Yeah, because I kind of got like I, said, I kind of got down on the on the, the UWA stuff. I was like, man, I just ain't, ain't going to happen, you know. And uh, I've been I was collecting stuff for over a year getting it all together and it just that's nothing out there I've, I've done there's some stuff i gotta get at the archives some uh some of the ads from uh the chattanooga shows and there was a show in nashville the tennessean didn't 
didn't advertise, so I got to go and check the banners and see if they put the advertisement in the banner because they put the advertisement in the Tennessean in the banner, and I'm thinking they might have just missed the deadline because Tennessean was a morning and the uh, banner was an f- afternoon paper, so I'm thinking they got their ad in the banner for that because it's just one week right in the middle of their run. It wasn't in the Tennessean, so for one week, so I'm, I'm hoping it's in the banner, but besides that, there's nothing else out there. Besides the, like I said, the Chattanooga uh, newspaper articles and and that one Nashville one, and that's it. That's all that's out there. Unless miraculously something pops up, but I got enough to make a dent in it to add it. You know, it's gonna be good. It's gonna be really good. I talked to Mark Gordy today, and he was uh, he was he seemed really in, intrigued by it too. He's like, that sounds like a great idea. Well, he's like me. You know, he likes the you know we we like the Goulas, we like the Jarrett stuff, but that that Tennessee outlaw stuff is just it's amazing. You know, and uh. It's kind of cool because, you know, uh, I see Tommy Higgy. I got stuff, so much stuff on Tommy Higgy. And, uh, and uh, you know, I, Tommy Higgy, I put him up there, you know, on my career. He helped me out so much when I first started. And, you know, so I'm, it's really cool to uh, to see a lot of his stuff, his name on all of this stuff. So that's, I, I really like that. And his, his dad just passed away a couple weeks ago. And some of the cards it had um, – him and his dad teaming together, and I actually took pictures of it and sent it to him. Because I, I was like, yeah, he probably lost. I mean, I, got, I found these, you know, I said, I, I figured you might want them. I said, oh, man, thank you. So he was like, thank you so much, you know. Um, I was like, because, you know, him and his dad, there's not stuff out there, you know. Yeah. So, so I'm, you know, he's like, hey, thank you very much, you know. Because, uh, but yeah, so I, it's stuff like that. And I, and I think it's in, um, not going to me, like the guy, like, it's like Tommy, you know. Um, you know, he's in that time period where we didn't save nothing, you know? Yeah, he saved a little bit of some stuff, but not like now, guys, where we save everything because we learned from the old timers that you better save it because we didn't, now we're screwed, you know? Yeah. Um, so I think a lot of guys, and I saw there was a guy who worked for um, Master Curtis. Uh, he wrestled his Fireball, Fireball Woody, and I saw he had a post uh, a couple months ago asking people, if they had any flyers or pictures or anything of when he worked for Curtis. And he's like on five or six of the things I got today. So, you know, so I'm thinking not only me and other people are fans, but the, the boys that are still alive at work, they didn't save nothing. So I'm sure they would really like to see stuff like this, you know? Yeah. So, and, uh, and you can get some interviews so, there too. Yeah. So I'm saying there's stuff I can, there's a lot of stuff I can do when I, cause I broaden my horizon. So, I like, and I may have to break that break down and even call old Bo James <laughs> and get some because I'll tell you something. A lot of people bag on Bo. He knows East Tennessee wrestling history. He knows oh, yeah. that is one dude. He knows that East Tennessee wrestling history. And we know what's awesome. I found some stuff, sent it to him the other day. He never seen it before. He was shocked. He's like, Man, thank you for seeing this. I, I said, Have you ever seen this stuff? No, man. I never seen it. Thank you, man. Thanks for sending it. It was Ron Wright, Don Wright's wrestling license. Oh wow! So say, yeah, he and I sent it to him because he's a big, you know, Ron Wright's like his, you know, mentor of, you know, and uh, my, you know, so I said, I said, yeah, Bo's never did nothing to me, you know, so I, I, I ain't talk bad about him, you know. Um, he's like everybody else. He's carny, you know. He's old school carny, you know. So I, but I ain't got nothing against Bo. But yeah, I I was shocked. I was like, I got something Bo James didn't have about East Tennessee wrestling, you know. So yeah, but I, I think I might probably get some stuff from him because I found, like I said, some of the East Tennessee shows that 
I've never heard of. One of them, a little quick thing here. They, I don't even know what the promotion. I stumbled. I might have told you, but I stumbled across it. They put their ad, their uh, buying an ad in the paper. You know the box box ad. They bought a classified for their. Yeah, it was in the classified. <laughs> they get my street shoestring budget. There you go. They advertise a wrestling show in East Tennessee at a place in the classified. classified. Fantastic. I know it's that's what gets that's stuff right there. That's what I love. You know, they were they they wanted a newspaper ad so bad they didn't have the money to get a, a nice little box because some things are was those are expensive in the paper. So they went to the classified ad where it's and they put like you know wrestling so it had the date and it had like two matches on it because you know they go by size of the one ad in the one ads and it, so it was you know it like two matches that was it <laughs> the the date the time and two matches that was it. <laughs> so that's stuff like that stuff man it just i love finding that stuff so yeah I'm, i'll probably hit up old bo about some of that um those east tennessee indies 70s and 80s i think it's gonna be good i'm really pumped about it and i'm like i said i'm rambling on about it <laughs> i'm just so excited man because i don't get excited about nothing anymore <laughs> <laughs> well and we've got our, our first hate- <laughs> oh there you what? go but we've got our we got our first taste of it for uh, on the podcast, so we'll be able to be along here with you along on the on the journey on you getting everything yeah. together. Yeah, so you can't, can't give down. everything away on the podcast. Yeah, because then well, no just, one will want know, the book. Well, they want to see it. Is there from talking about it and seeing it? You, Fair, you know, seeing the actual stuff. But yeah, I can't wait to get into the archives because I haven't been because they just opened up their new building. Uh, was it last week? And I've been watching the videos they've been showing on the. Uh, on their Facebook page, that place is amazing. They they've been in that same building down there beside the Capitol since like the fifties or forties. They've been in the same building, and it, but it's all new equipment. I just it's I'm like I can't wait to get down there <laughs> to get going and get going through that stuff. So I'm just I'm, I'm just giddy. <laughs> and I'm just rambling. I'm just but man, I advocate. It's I've been this excited in a long time. So it's good, man. <laughs> so hopefully, hopefully everything pans out the way I want to. All right, you gotta cut me off, dude. I'm gonna ramble about this all night. People yeah. are like, shut up. <laughs> well, man, no, I think I think we gotta have a pretty packed show, and then uh, we we learned a lot about your project. We watched a good match, and we learned yeah, that we're gonna that, call man. it in the ring next week. But we're going to Portland. We're, we're going decided, to we Portland. Going to, we're going to Portland, Don Owens, Pacific Northwest. We'll see what we got when we get there. <laughs> all right. Before I ramble on for another 30 minutes, is there anything you want to add to the, about this match or anything else? Not a thing. All right. Oh, you're done. I'm done. Stick a fork in her. She's done. For Jeremiah Plunkett, Quinkers. Hey, that's me. Thanks for listening, and God bless. Bye-bye, everybody.